It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, subscribe where we get your podcast. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Now on today's show, I was joined by the host of Locked On Diamondbacks, Miller Thomas, to talk about Taiwan Walker, who spent a couple of seasons out in Arizona. He gives his takes on not only Walker's tenure out in Arizona, but what he could provide for the Mets over the next couple of seasons. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsMariseOnline.com. Now, here's my conversation with Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. All right, Mets fans, going to continue to bring you some more Taiwan Walker coverage. I'm excited to be joined by Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. How's things going for you over there? It's going good. Uh, I know around a lot of the country, you know, there's some pretty poor weather. But out here in AZ, I wore T-shirts and a short today, so I'm thriving. (laughs) Yeah, people who listen for a long time know I live in Florida, so as I was just telling you. So I'm not worried about that weather either. We're doing fine down in South Florida. There you go. So I want to talk about Taiwan Walker. And mm-hmm. this is a signing that I'm warming up to the more I think about it. You know, you look at what Taiwan Walker did last year and some of the you know, advanced metrics weren't kind to him. But the more you dig into it, this seems like a pitcher who really still has a lot of upside. What I want to talk to you about first, though, is in 2017, he comes over the Diamondbacks in a trade. Mm-hmm. At the time, was that considered more of a Taiwan Walker trade or a Kettle Marte trade? Uh, I think it was considered more of a Taiwan Walker trade. I think he was more of the prized possession in that deal. I think Kettle Marte was, of course, we look at Kettle Marte now. He struggled in 2020, but he was a real superstar last year. But I think at the time of the trade, he was more of the unknown factor. And Taiwan Walker is definitely more of the headliner, is definitely the bigger name. And Taiwan Walker had a little bit more, you know, he's shown a little bit more potential, I guess you want to say, in his short time with the Mariners. So at the time of the deal, I think Taiwan Walker was definitely the prized possession. But, I mean, with hindsight now, I think we would change that to uh, Kittel Marte. I would think so, too. But the first year, I mean, I was looking at the numbers right now. 2017, he pitched to a 3-4-9 ERA, made 28 starts. Things looked really good in 2017, didn't they, with Walker? Yeah, he was a beast in 2017, and the prior two seasons, he had an ERA above four, but he was in the American League. He came over to the National League, and he pretty much had his best full season as a pro. Like you said, 28 starts. He had a 3-4-9 ERA, and he was really good for the Arizona Diamondbacks that season. He was one of their better pitchers on the roster, and that year, they had a pretty loaded rotation, honestly. That was the best version of Robbie Ray. You had a Zach Greinke on that team still dealing, Patrick Corbin, so... Taiwan Walker was like the number four starter for the D-backs that season, and he was absolutely dealing. So 
you know, seeing him now in the Mets, I think you're going to be pretty excited with him, honestly. Now, what happened? Obviously, it was the Tommy John, but mm-hmm. you know, I was still a little bit surprised, even looking back, that he got non-tender. That Arizona didn't tender him that contract and keep him around for his last year before really hitting free agency. Was that just simply financial? Yeah, I think it was mostly the financial reasons and because of the health concerns. Like you said, in 2018, he pitched three games and then they said he had a UCL tear and he had to get Tommy John. They said it was required. He came back, pitched one game the next year. That was it. We saw basically 2017 Taiwan Walker. He was really good that year. The next season, he had Tommy John. Then the season after that, he only pitched one game. So we really didn't get a lot of time spent with Taiwan Walker. And I'm pretty disappointed because he was so good. And the contract that they were estimating he would have got only $5 million. So it's not like he would have broke the bank if we did decide to keep him. And that's just kind of the story with these small market teams like the D-backs. You'd rather save that $5 million, uh, $5 million instead of, you know, maybe gambling a little bit more and, getting a potential upside guy like Taiwan Walker has proven to be. And I'm not even sure. I mean, went back to Seattle, got traded. I don't even necessarily know exactly what Seattle got back from Toronto. I'm sure it wasn't much, but I mean, that's another example of small market team. You could have got a prospect if anything by hanging on to him, but I, I guess yeah, who and, knows, you know? Yeah. And at the time of that deal, I was playing fantasy baseball and the dude who had Taiwan Walker dropped him. So went in scooped up Taiwan Walker and he was dynamite for the Blue Jays this past season got me to you know the the conference finals I guess you want to say almost made it to the the championship round but Taiwan Walker is a big reason I at least got that deep in my fantasy playoffs yeah those 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 six starts in Toronto he was awesome so I I think that's what Mets fans are looking forward to I will have more of my conversation with Miller Thomas in just a minute but I just want to let you know that if you're going to repair or maintain your cars you should probably try to be saving some money while you do it. So why would you then choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts that you could find at a chain store or new car dealership? Let's save money and use rockauto.com, a family business that's been serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you could want, from engine control modules to brake parts, tan lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and then choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. While football might be over, we still got the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL in full swing. Major League Baseball is on its way as spring training is here. And if you're not into any of that, BetOnline is even coverage awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with our promo code locked on. 
Again, that's promo code locked on to receive a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. What about his arsenal? Can you tell us about that kind of stands out with what Taiwan Walker brings to the table? Yeah, Taiwan Walker is not necessarily a high strikeout guy. He's usually around 20% for his career in terms of his K percentage, but he's just a steady Eddie kind of guy. He's not going to give up too many home runs. He might give up some hard contact, but that barrel percentage, especially in 2017, only 4.9%. So dudes just weren't getting the ball to the bat. Just weren't getting the barrel to the ball, I should say. I think I said it backwards. But Taiwan Walker was pretty dominant in 2017. He's a steady Eddie kind of pitcher. I think he's got real upside of a number two kind of dude. Maybe maybe a number three on some dates. But I think he does have the upside of a potential number two guy. And he does have a pretty nice fastball. It does sit usually in that mid-90s uh, you know, range in terms of his velocity. And I just like his overall arsenal. He's got the fastball. He's got a little bit of a slider as well that's pretty effective. And he does throw a changeup too, but he hasn't thrown it really too much recently. It was kind of more uh, of an uh, effective pitch uh, earlier in his career. But either way, I think he has a really good curveball. He's got a really good fastball and a really good slider. So he at least has a really strong three-pitch arsenal. And if he ever mixes in that that fourth pitch with the changeup, then he has that really complete arsenal that you want to see from a pitcher. But either way, I think he has the ceiling of a guy who could be the number two starter in your rotation, probably the, the the floor of a number four starter. But either way, I think he's pretty high upside and he's still pretty young. The dude is only 28 years old. He feels older than that, but the dude still has his whole prime to go. So for a team like the Mets, he might be what your fifth or sixth starter. That's really phenomenal depth, honestly. Yeah, I think it's kind of a comp that I made the other day. Not that they're similar pitchers, but more stages of their career. I think for Mets fans, it's almost similar to where Zach Wheeler was, where you have a former top prospect who showed something, has the Tommy John that kind of derails them. And then we saw as Wheeler got a few years removed from that Tommy John, the best really was yet to come. And now, unfortunately, the Mets didn't resign him. And now, the Phillies are enjoying Zach Wheeler being that type of a top of the rotation arm. But I look at Walker and I say, why can't he really become who he's supposed to be as a former first round pick and, and really outperform what's a pretty team friendly contract. Yeah. And really the main difference between a Taiwan Walker and Zach Wheeler, you can at least say Zach Wheeler went to the Phillies and he was getting 20 plus million a year in terms of his contract. And Taiwan Walker was just not going to be paid that much money. No one was going to give Taiwan Walker $20 million after two years of injury-riddled seasons where he barely pitched. So I could kind of see the Phillies not wanting to put that kind of investment and money into a player like Zach Wheeler, who's even shown that potential and upside. But Taiwan Walker... $5 million. He's shown you the upside. He can be a number three, number two starter in your rotation. It honestly baffled me that the D-backs non-tendered him. And I, I wish we kept him because he would be a valuable part of this rotation right now if he was still pitching in Arizona. Yeah, he would be. And I think the Mets right now, they got him at 10 for this year, seven for next year with a player option of $6 million for a third year. I think it's a great contract. I want to switch gears and just talk a little bit about the Diamondbacks. Um, right now we were talking before and your my old friend is Drupal Cabrera is over there. <laughs> apparently didn't realize that what's this off season been like for a small market team. 
Uh, it hasn't been interesting. I'll tell you that the off season for the D backs basically started two weeks ago. It kicked off with Joaquin Soria. Then they did the Drupal Cabrera deal. And then they just wrapped it up with Tyler Clippard just last week. So basically the off season has, hasn't really been that fruitful. The D backs still have a lot of holes. We don't know who's playing center field in 2021. There's still a question mark about second base too, because Ketel Marte's manning second right now, but if there's not a center fielder, then you might have to put Ketel Marte in center field. Now that creates a hole at second. So uh, Cabrera definitely feels fills some of that hole because he can play kind of everywhere in the infield. So if they do decide to platoon Ketel Marte, he could play in center. They could put Cabrera at second, but still the D-backs also had questions about the back end of their bullpen. I guess they addressed it recently in the last couple of weeks with Joaquin Soria and Tyler Clippard, but still those are guys who are definitely older in their careers I think they're both in their mid-30s I was looking at it the other day I'm pretty sure Tyler Clippard's like 35 Joaquin Soria might be older than 35 as well so they're two very good established back-end relievers but they're both older so if they both you know fell off this season I wouldn't be surprised if the wheels fell off and there's still so many questions surrounding this team the starting rotation who's going to be in there what kind of bounce back seasons are we going to get from guys like Bumgarner and Ketel Marte so right now for the D-backs the offseason wasn't too fruitful, and I'm heading into next season with more questions than answers. And especially when you're talking about that division. I mean, you're seeing Jesus. the Dodgers and the Padres. I, I don't even know. Maybe it does make sense to kind of hit the reset button and go to a little bit of development. And what I want to kind of leave you with here, I know I just saw you had a Ram on your show recently talking about prospects. Give me a couple of names of budding stars for the Diamondbacks that we should kind of keep our eyes out for. Yeah, I think for this season, the guy you probably want to watch out for in terms of like budding guys is probably Dalton Varsho. He played a little bit in 2020. wasn't that good, but we could just chalk it up to the pandemic season, shortened season. It was a weird year. He's one of the top prospects the D-backs have. He's a catcher, but he's got some 2020 potential, got some pop, can hit you 20 home runs, can steal you maybe 20 bags as well, which is pretty rare for a catcher. Needs to get better defensively, but since he was already on the roster last year, played like 30-something games last year. I think you could see him again this season, especially if Carson Kelly doesn't make that leap. Maybe he uh, uh, supplements him as the everyday starting catcher. And then the other guy you probably want to watch out for is Corbin Carroll. He's just been flying up their prospect ranks the last couple seasons. Just last year, before the 2020 season, guys probably had him outside the top four in the D-backs farm system. Now he's cemented as a consensus number one. And he's a guy that we might see in 2021. You never know. As I mentioned earlier, there is no center fielder right now for the D-backs. It's a wide open hole. So if he has a good minor league system or minor league season, not system, and the D-backs or, you know, or just getting no production from their center field position, look for Corbin Carroll to make the jump to the big league and potential potentially, you know, get some good reps under his belt this season. Well, those are a couple of names to look out for. And I think one thing that I've learned is you never know with the Diamondbacks. It seems like every once in a while, everything can gel and they can end up taking off. So maybe the Diamondbacks turn in a better season than we're expecting. Uh, why don't you let everyone know where they can find your work? Uh, thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I love doing these crossovers. You can follow me on my personal Twitter account at CreatorThomas24, or you could just look up Locked On Diamondbacks or on Twitter or Instagram. I'm sure the podcast handle would pop up. So Locked On Diamondbacks, CreatorThomas24. Check me out on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you know you have social media pretty much. Sounds good, man.
That'll be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. Make sure you tune in tomorrow not only for your latest update of everything going on in spring training, but also for a big announcement about the show for the upcoming season. Some exciting changes are on the way, so make sure you tune in for that. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan and follow the show at Locked On Mets. And if you want to get more of the sports news you need in less time, make sure you check out the new Locked On Today podcast, hosted by Peter Bukowski. Locked On Today is a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes by subscribing to Locked On Today, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.